You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1039 of the Lots on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Sunday evening into Monday. And thank you, as always, for joining us on the podcast. Today will be myself and Evan Zemir, who will be joining me momentarily to talk about the NBA draft and the Hawks and Kevin Herter, one of his favorite players. That's all coming up in a second after a short intro here. And for the most part, not a ton of news, a couple things that I will hit on later, later on in the week in terms of some nuts and bolts stuff to catch up on, but nothing breaking at this moment in time. There was one exception that was draft-related over the weekend that I will start the podcast off with today, and that is that Jared Butler, one of the guys that I really enjoy in this class, a guard out of Baylor, uh, national championship team, of course, with Baylor, and a guy who I think is definitely a first-round talent in this class. There had been some reporting um, dating back to the combine that he had been flagged by the NBA's fitness-to-play panel for a medical concern. Um, that obviously brought some uncertainty about his status and actually recorded this podcast with Evan and one more that you'll hear later on this week before this news came out. But... It's all positive news because Jerry Butler um, actually said and also Sham Sharani reported over the weekend that he is now fully healthy and cleared to be able to play. And uh, Butler said that he's grateful to the league for the health analysis that he got as a result of this. So just wanted to say that out loud. Uh, Butler does come up in this podcast briefly later on and just know that we do not know the information that he is now cleared to play until after I recorded with Evan. But again, that's someone who I think, at least for me, should be on the radar at number 20 for the Hawks. I'm not saying that they have to take him at number 20 overall, but Butler is a guy that I think is definitely worthy of that investment and also someone who I think fits very well with the Hawks. Uh, you should not be drafting for fit by any means, but I think he's worthy of the talent of a number 20 number pick and also is one of those guys who is the rare example of a player who can play behind Trey Young and also potentially play with him as sort of a, he's more of a role player to be sure, but uh, back at point guard, combo guard, can play a little bit of the two, can shoot, can defend, etc. So we'll get back into him later on, but I want to say that at the top of the podcast and uh, very, very good news about an interesting prospect. All right, before we get to myself and Evan and a pretty healthy conversation in terms of lots of different angles and things, and this is uh, one of the longer ones that I'll do in, in one part, but I really enjoy this conversation with Evan, so coming up momentarily. But first, a word from our sponsor on today's podcast, and the first of which is Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors that there's something for absolutely everyone? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're always passionate about their favorites, but if you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're absolutely missing out. They have coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and available this week only, get the new Built Bar flavor, it's grasshopper cookie. What does it taste like? Well, this is Built Bar's version of the classic thin mint cookie. All the flavor without all of that sugar. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar. My favorite flavor always changes, but this is one of my favorites. It's fantastic. If you haven't tried all of the flavors just yet, you can get a mixed box where you get to choose. We're going to get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are the Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're also very healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180. Only four or five grams of sugar and only four or five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. If you order today, get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry, whatever you like. Built Bar is the place to do that. And it's the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, get 15% off on your next order with the promo code LOCKED15. That's 15% off your next order if you use the promo code LOCKED15. Check it all out at BuiltBar.com. I am joined now by someone I believe to be very smart in the Twitter basketball space. Evan Zamir is here. Hello. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. First time. And uh, I've, I've followed your stuff for a while. And uh, we're going to get into the draft, I promise. But... I, I did warn you about this, but I think your claim to fame in Atlanta, um, at least on basketball circles, is I think you might be the world's foremost Kevin Herter enthusiast. At least, uh, maybe maybe like Tim Reynolds of the AP is like close, but in terms of like public facing people that are not related to Kevin Herter, I think you might lead the pack. So, uh, is that true? And how much do you like Kevin Herter? I think, I mean, I've, I I think like uh, I've been told. <laughs> I think it's kind of my <laughs> my reputation. Um, I would say like I've only gone to bat for probably one other guy like I, I did for Herter and that was like Drayvon Green. Uh that went well. His his like rookie season. Um wasn't I wasn't super into the draft back then, but like 
yeah, I saw him play uh, uh, at Oracle his rookie year. And, and like after that, I was just like, this guy is awesome. And, and back then I got a lot of flack for telling people he's better than Harrison Barnes and all this stuff and everything in time was like really obvious, but yeah. Yeah. Herder. I think one of the reasons that I, that I love Herder, it's sort of meta. It's that I think that was the first, I think around 2018 draft was really when I sort of went full draft Twitter and, and actually like figured out that I don't need like ESPN to tell me like what the order of the draft should be. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I could go outside and actually like just look at everybody and say like, Hey, this guy actually, you know, I don't care what, if he's not in the top 100, according to Jonathan Gavoni, I don't care. Like he's clearly an NBA player. And, uh, and, you know, sh sh soon enough, like everybody else figured that out um, pretty quickly, but, but yeah, it sort of solidified the idea that like, as much as possible, if you're really into the draft, you, you, you should not look at all these mocks and stuff like that. Um, you know, it just biases you. So I, I, I look at them and, you know, it's, it's fun, but I really do try to be as objective as possible and just just say like you know where would i put this guy like i don't care that everybody else says he's like top 10 you know is that where i would put him so and herder it is also interesting because i could see that travis schlank who you know obviously was one of the guys who put together the warriors um after stuff he was it was it was kind of clear that like he's kind of trying to build something similar uh you know, philosophically. And uh, so, I mean, for that reason, I, you know, I, I, I kind of, I dig watching Atlanta and I used to live there. So um, I kind of, I feel like it's our sister team in some way. Yeah, no, I, I think I've, I can sense that in, uh, in following you. Like, I think you uh, seem to have an appreciation for the Hawks that goes beyond Herder. I mean, before I get into some, to some draft stuff, uh, what did you make of of the Hawks run and like how they're set up more almost more importantly like for this conversation like how they're set up for the future because there's obviously debates about like you know did they do too much last year and that actually looks silly now because they had the run that they had but and they have all these right. young guys and there's the Collins component but like what do you what do you make of the Hawks from uh, from where you are obviously three thousand miles away yeah I mean so I've I've had some some critiques of of Schlenk's drafting like I thought he kind of uh, uh, you know, I wasn't a huge Hunter fan or Reddish really, um, but he's, he's, you know, I don't want to say proven me wrong, but like you got you at this point, you kind of have to trust his uh, most of his instincts, I think. And uh, even even all these the free agents they added last year. It, it was kind of like, oh, what's he doing, you know, but like fast forward a year and I mean. I feel like you're playing with house money at this point, right? Like you've got some super young guys, like you're almost uh, uh, the problem of, uh, um, I, I don't know the right uh, expression. I'm, I'm, it's like on the tip of my tongue, but uh, it's like the cup runneth over with talent almost, yep. you know? Um, yeah, it, 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 it's like you're, you're, it's almost like the issue is like, how do you consolidate the talent and sort of figure out like, uh, for example, with Herder, does he go back to the bench next year? Um, you know, do they, does that make sense? Does Red, is Reddish there long-term? Like, it's just, it's a lot of guys um, to make that playoff run without Hunter and Reddish, basically. I mean, he, you know, Reddish came back at the end a little bit. That was, it's just, it's super impressive. You know, I think if you had told me that, you have Trey, Herder, and Collins getting so many minutes in the playoffs and like they're not getting blown out, you know? Like I just wouldn't have thought that like defensively that would work at all. And somehow they were able to make everything work, you know, at least up until a point. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm super interested in what like what Atlanta fans think because there's so many ways to go, right? You could maybe package 
some guys and go for honestly like some of the same stars or, or you know fringe stars that the Warriors are, are, are maybe trying to go after to to um sort of get to that next level or you can say hey let's just like ride this for a year see see what we really need you know get everybody healthy this is like one time where that the old player development thing or internal development maybe that's that's all you need to do is kind of like let's get hunter back let's get reddish back for a full season and just see where this thing goes um you know the tricky questions i guess I don't know what what you think about a year ago, I would have said Collins, you know, I don't know if they're going to resign him. Now it seems like they kind of kind of have to resign him and give him a big contract. Yeah, that's that's the biggest. Obviously, you know, that's their one giant decision this offseason, like that they have to make is what to do with Collins. So everyone has an opinion. I I found this interesting in my mind, at least in who I've talked to people around the league seem to be higher on Collins now than they were before the playoffs. Um, I think, I think a lot of that has to do with people in the round of the league, not really watching the Hawks a ton this year and like not knowing that Collins is a better defender now, for instance, and that like he does supporting things much better than he was supposed to do coming into the league and all that stuff, but his numbers went down. So Hawks fans, not all, but some Hawks fans are like, wait, the guy averaged 14 points a game in the playoffs. Why, why is he going to be a max now? So there's this like interesting dichotomy, like the whole time Hawks fans were like all in on Collins and now they're almost lower than the consensus. I don't know. It's just very interesting to me. Um, But yeah, I I tend to agree. Like I won't go as far as saying that they have to bring him back, but my on record is I, I think it makes sense to do it. Even if they're not hundred percent in love with him, because I think any deal with him is going to be movable. And there's opportunity costs, you know, just practically, you can say this isn't the greatest thinking, but they do, I'm I'm sure not want to take a step back. I'm sure ownership does not want to just lose John Collins when they really can't replace him, at least not easily. So I don't know, it's a layer conversation. And certainly you could argue that he may not be worth a full max. If he gets an offer sheet from somebody, you have to at least think about it. Um, But for me, I don't know, I, I probably still match it. It's just one of those fork of the road moments because they do have a lot of talent, as you said. Um, but there's still some uncertainty. Like Cam Reddish is obviously pretty uncertain. Uh, Hunter's knee, like Hunter had this massive breakout early in the season where he was looking awesome. And they think that's real. I mean, they've always loved Hunter, um, obviously dating back to the draft when, when they kind of traded everything for him. Um, but then they kind of saw some of that. And then to answer your question about Herter going to the bench, like I think he almost has to, if Hunter is healthy, because they're going to start Hunter if Hunter is there. And Bogdanovich, uh, I think, is like, at least in their pecking order under McMillan, was it kind of like a half step above her? So if I had to guess right now, um, my apologies to you, Evan, but I think Herter will come off the bench on opening night unless something uh, weird happens. I, I think it's uh, it's assuming he's okay with it. You know, in some ways you're getting – I just think it's it could be like the biggest steal, like – he's going to get probably a reasonable contract extension or not extension, but you know, his next contract, if he's coming off the bench at the time that Bogdan is probably, you know, going, going somewhere else. Or, I mean, what is yeah. like 30 by now or something like that? He'll be going um, in. Yeah. As he hits the market, Bogdanovich will be, I believe going into his third season of a four-year deal with a player option. And he'll be, almost yeah he'll be almost 30 he's about to be 29 I think, so i think what people really don't still don't appreciate about herder is how young he is i mean he's he's a month older than trey yep so it's like Despite whatever being contract a year ahead he, of him. <laughs> exactly so what and that's one of the reasons i really liked him like i'm like he has all this and he's like super young um he can he can go four years on a, a pretty reasonable contract and still be 26 27 like so you're, you have like this huge window with these guys. It's, it's um, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It should be very, very interesting. Obviously, you know, the, the Collins decision looms over everything um, this entire off season. I think that's fairly obvious. Um, but I, I do want to get into the draft stuff while I have you, because I know you're, I was checking out your, uh, your public facing board that you posted, if, I guess a few days ago now, that it's kind of your most recent, I'm sure maybe there's been changes since then, but um 
without spoiling all of that, I do want to ask you, this is even go, go outside the Hawks if you'd like to, but do you have a guy or two, like who's this year's Kevin Herter for you that you're like, you find yourself being like, is like your guy in this class. Do you have a, you have a guy or two like that in this group that you're just I would, way high on? Yeah. Being honest, I would say no. And I think that's actually like a good thing. Like I, <laughs> that just tells you how much I liked Herter. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't always have a guy like that. Um, I think in 2019, I would have said that guy was like Claxton. <laughs> I really like Claxton. So, you know, usually I like someone a lot more than others. I think this year I actually really like Julian Champagny and he pulled out. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was going to say he actually, I, li- I like him too. I'm not sure if I probably not as much as you did because you mentioned him, but he was a guy that I had on my radar too. I like yeah. Um, because the Warriors have such high picks, you know, I've been pretty vocal about the Warriors and focusing on that. I'd say like relative to, to, to those guys, uh, you know, towards the top of the draft. I mean, you probably heard him, uh, you know, a lot of my tweets about Moses Moody. I think that's uh, probably the guy I, I, I'm, you know, if I had to say like, this is a, my guy, um, I like Franz. Well, but, if, people, uh, if, he, if people don't know, by the way, that you are you are a Warriors guy, which you mentioned that a second ago, but uh, yeah. that is that, that is that is your team. So like and this is a very interesting time for the Warriors with two picks, the Wiseman thing. Uh, you mentioned the trade stuff earlier. So and of course, you mentioned Moody and Franz, who are probably my two guys in terms of the guys I like the most and that are like top half. Obviously, you know, Kate is fun and the top top guys are different, but uh, for, I'm a Michigan guy. So Franz is uh, an obvious one for me. But I love Moody, too. Not as much as you, I don't think, but close. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, if you look at both those guys, it's like, well, Franz is another example of a, of a, of a really young guy for his class. So I think, uh, I think he's, he's all, again, like maybe a, maybe a month plus or minus what Scotty Barnes is and, and Kate, you know, somewhere in there, like maybe Kate is a couple months uh, younger or something like that, Evan Mobley. Actually, a lot of the guys in the top are fairly old this year. Um, so I think Franz is, is similar age to basically like Suggs, Barnes, Cade, and Mobley. And, and whenever a guy is like super young, I, I mean, I just basically, I, I did this with Herder. It's like, I'm just going to treat him as a freshman. And when you say like, hey, if this guy was a freshman, like where would he, like right now, you know, with the same stats and all that. If Franz was a freshman, who had played in the tournament, you know, had a good tournament up until the last game. I think people would be even higher on him. I mean, it's already clear that he's, you know, uh, one of the top prospects, but I think that that's a big part of the part of the reason. Um, and, and, you know, if you look at Moody and Franz, like they just check so many boxes, right? Like um, size shooting. I think Franz, like, you know, is, is at least a good free throw shooters, shown some three-point shooting um you know it's easy enough to project that he's going to be a, a good shooter and uh i i mean i think both of them can defend obviously uh um so yeah it's like what what's what's there not to like if they're they're kind of safe with higher ceilings is is that's always a good thing yeah the combination of those two things you know the age component is always interesting to me like I, uh, while you were talking, I went and looked because I wasn't, I couldn't remember what you thought about Chris Duarte, who's the, uh, the opposite of that. He's going to be 24, right. he's going to be 24, uh, which is, which is wild. And that's, um, it's really, he's an interesting test this year as to like how much you care about age, because if you didn't know how old he was, people would be like, wow, this guy's like really, really interesting. And I like him a lot, like just in terms of what he does on the floor. And then it's like, oh, he's 24, which is yeah you know, outlier old in any I- context. I think it's more, it's, it's not that like, he's, he's, it's not like you can't be good or that it's fake or something like I actually sure. saw him. I saw him play against Stanford last year and I liked him. Like um, I would have, I would have probably had him in the second round last year if he had come out um, and he shot better this year. So, you know, um, he, he kind of jumped up the boards. It's more like, who are you missing by like, so, so what I like to do is take the guy who's like a younger guy, you know, that's 18 or 19 and say, Hey, what if this guy spent the next six years in college? What would he look like? You know, if I took Jaden Springer, who is literally like, I think, I think he's literally six years younger or five years younger than Duarte. 
what's yeah. he gonna look like in five years in 2026 i'm like he's gotta be yeah you know there's there's gotta be the potential there right to to dominate college <laughs> yeah you would you would, um, you would think so i mean you, you would know, think Duarte, so right and dorothy did have like a i mean the the more positive point about dorothy is that he's had kind of a weird trajectory to where it wasn't like he was just like at Oregon for five years like it yeah, was a right, right. he has this weird he got to basketball late and all this stuff so it's not yeah. I, I get it and but you're still right like it's really interesting and then and then you get into the NBA contract structure where like now you're paying a second contract when he's 29 to start it which is right crazy that's uh well we we you know often though you hear with the older players like like why and sometimes it makes sense I think with the 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 guys where it's like so there's a couple of things. A lot of times it's like a late growth spurt, you know, uh, where guys kind of were under recruited and then they, and then they grew. Um, and that, you know, so you kind of like say, well, maybe, you, you know, people just missed on them. Um, I think Obi Toppin might've been a guy like that. He, he was, but, he was, uh, he was a guard until pretty late. And yeah. So sometimes, sometimes that happens. And then people, you know, they, they, you know, they want to rationalize like this narrative of what happened to them. I think it, it, we've seen it with a lot of guards where they're, they're older and, uh, um, you know, Lillard, Curry. I mean, the Warriors made a, a, a dynasty of picking older players, right? So I, you can't, it's, it's never say never, right? Um, but but just in general, it's pretty rare to find those those really old players have like very high ceilings, you know. Um, so no doubt that Duarte is good, and I'm sure I'm sure you guys are probably that you know he's probably working out for for the Hawks. I would think. Um, yeah, they, they, and, they, they have a pretty pretty tight lifts, but I would expect them. I expect them to basically work out anybody that's in their range. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I mean, thinking about like what Schlenk likes dribble, pass, shoot, guys, right? So that's yep. That's definitely one of them. I, I just think like what, for you guys, I would, I would look higher, you know, there's going to be someone that drops. There's always someone that drops. Um, now Schlenk seems to like to, he, he, he wants to go up and get, you know, his guy, but um, I but mean, maybe he, 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 he does, but the one exception to that is something I want before, but like with Collins, they didn't move up, and I mean, he said yeah, that's hurt her too. Yeah. And her, yeah, and on the record and off the record, uh, the Collins thing, like they thought he was going to be long gone. Like they had him a lot higher than that, and they just like we're going to sit there, and if he fell to them, they were going to take him, and even though they loved him, so I think yeah. Travis is certainly not shy about getting his guy, and they could go up for somebody too, but maybe he just thinks it's the value, and he'll sit there. I, I, I honestly don't know. It's it's really fascinating to me, like. I know what kind of players he likes and Duarte would fit that archetype. By the way, so does, so does Moses Moody. Not that they can get that guy, but like the guys right, that you right. mentioned before are very schlanky that you like. Um, but I think there's a, there's a, there's, there's at least four or five guys that I feel like Jaden Springer's another one. Um, I'm just looking, I'm sitting here looking at my list. Um, I, I mean, I think, you could, I, I like like Josh Christopher. I think actually you could make a case for him. Um, even, you know, can he shoot like I, <laughs> Josh Christopher? I, well, he shot well it? from the free, he shot well from the free throw line. So I always kind of give the benefit of the doubt. Like, um, I, 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 you know, I think there's a good chance he'll, he'll be okay. And then that's a bet I, I'd be willing to make at a certain point. Like, I have him 14 right now. Um, just cause he's young and like, if you look at his body, uh, you know, good, good ball handler, athletic, like I like him more than book night, to be honest, but you guys are, you know, like I said, playing with house money. So like, I don't know, you could, I mean, I, I'm not that Schlenk would do this and he's not a shoot guy, but Sharif Cooper, right? Like, yeah, it, you know, it, it's, it's maybe a little bit wild cause you have Trey, but in some sense, like having that kind of passer, playmaker, you know, penetration guy, he's a, he reminds me of like a little bit of Tim Hardaway and some like the old, not Tim Hardaway Jr., yeah, the senior, <laughs> the dad that, that I grew up always pretending to be, you know, when I played pickup. Um, Hardaway was a, a pretty good shooter, actually. But um, yeah, you could almost see that. Like you have so many shooters there. 
you know, you surround Coop Sharif with those shooters. Uh, not that it's the, you know, I'm not even advocating that. I'm just saying, like, you could kind of imagine something wild like that, right? Like, I think that he's a guy who, if he falls there, it, it's a risk. But like the reward, if he ever does shoot, um, is super high, and you don't you don't need this pick to hit. It's it's like the Warriors need their picks to hit, right? Uh, to some extent, you guys don't need at this point. I, I feel like you can you can have a flyer even in the first round. Yeah, they can they can they have some freedom here. You know, on, on one hand, it would be good to sort of refill um, the coffers and have a cheap have a cheap guy for a few years that can play. And on the other hand, you know. they don't they can afford to take a swing like for instance like Zaire Williams is a name that I've brought up and he he will not help them next year almost certainly um Mm -hmm. he's he's not close but Zaire Williams has like real upside he's a 6'9 guy who can shoot and has some has some skills and like he's far away but that's the kind of swing you can maybe more easily take now than they could have before um and I think that's probably the guy that I would circle like you know in terms of just the gap between what he could be and what he could not be. Like if it goes bad, he'll be out of the league in pretty short order. I think. Right. But it, I think it's, it's I, I, I think it's interesting to think about like, um, you know, what, what, if there's anything that you would want to add in terms of skill set, I think in the playoffs, you know, you were relying a lot on Herder, like way more than people expected, right? For like a creator, like a secondary ball handler. And Bogdan, you know, was hurt some of the time. If you could add that through the draft, you know, get get that second creator guy um, from the bench. I mean, that that would be, you know, that would be big, I guess. All right, before I get to more with myself and Evan Zamir, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast, and the first of which is betonline.ag. Even with the season over now for the Atlanta Hawks, BetOnline is still your home for the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season, for example, is still in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline, get all the latest news, odds, and information for all of your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, UFC, MMA, golf, tennis, auto racing, entertainment bets, and much, much more. Before the next pitch or dribble, head over to Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the latest great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare for their run to the playoffs. And even when they're in the playoffs, head to the website right now at betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Yes, that's checking out betonline.ag for 50% and extra cash and a welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code Locked On. The promo code is Locked On for 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. They have so many things they can do here. Uh, I've, I've been asking this to everybody that I talk to. Do you have, I mean, I know you're not like down on the Hawks every day, but do you, do you have a guy that is like realistic that you think would be their best, their best case scenario at 20, if they don't move up or maybe if they move up a couple spots and like that, is, is there a particular fit that you just really like for them? On, on yeah. I mean, I, I would say, I guess going by, so I've heard that, that this player's moving up, like Sam Bassini apparently talked about it. <laughs> I just heard this on Twitter, was talking about Jaden Springer, who currently is 20, was 27th on ESPN's best available. Um, his, his, his rising now, yeah. I've, yeah, I've now he's that. rising. So like, but on my board, I currently have him at eight. <laughs> so to me, he's a guy who would, if I was at 20, you're, you're at 20, right? Yeah, 20. So, so if I'm at 20 and, and, and he falls relative to my board, you know, that's, that would be the guy. I think he's the only one, you know, Barnes is not going to fall. Franz and Moody aren't going to fall that far. Um, after that, I, I don't think Keon Johnson will fall that far. So I'd probably scratch him off. Um, Shangun? you know, from Turkey, like now you make him in Atlanta. That's a weird, it's a weird fit. Yeah. So I think that's another one where like, I don't think he gets to 20, but I have him at 10. I mean, you can argue plus or minus, you know, I don't know, whatever. He has a pretty wide range from what I've seen on boards. You know, some people uh, have him like top five and some people have him second round. Right. 
So he's you, you can project him as a dribble pass shoot guy. Definitely can dribble and pass, and he's a good three, free throw shooter. And I could pretty easily see him shooting, you know. So I buy that. Now you have Capella Okongwu, right? Yeah. So that's you don't need him, but like, what if he is like a Kevin Love, you know, who kind of a 18 year old <laughs> Kevin Love, right? Like that's, and you could take a swing, you know, like, yeah, you don't need him, but man, that, that's, that it, it's a guy who could come off the bench and, and maybe help, you know, scoring. And I don't know. I don't think, I don't think they'd do it, but it's like, I would look at him. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I have him higher on my board than 20, which means in theory, you should look at that guy. The fit yeah. is, the fit is a challenge, I think for sure. But, uh, and that's, that's the other thing I'm like, I am, what I've kind of said about fit stuff is like best player available with the potential exception of a pure center or maybe a small point guard that can't play with Trey. And even then, right. like, I think Sharif is good enough where you have to think about it. And I think Sengun is like maybe good enough, or maybe I, I think you're, I think you're, for what I remember, you're a little bit lower on Kai Jones, but like, if you were in love with Kai Jones, maybe that was another one that was like, yeah, he doesn't really fit. But if you love the upside, uh, maybe i'm not a kai jones guy so uh i thought i knew that about you but i wasn't 100 sure i'm definitely not a kai jones guy i i love a Kongu, right so i i think kai jones is a center like i just don't i i, I don't i just don't see I, I tend i tend to agree with you like i i think there are at least some like weird flashes if you think you can shoot then maybe it might work but i i tend to agree and that's why i wouldn't be like running to take him even though i, I mean i'm higher high i'm higher on like jt thor uh so what do you, you what want... do you what do you make of him by the way i mean he's he's a guy that i think going back to the start of our conversation about like the mainstream stuff and not yeah. looking at stuff like the mainstream has been lower on him the entire way whereas yeah. has been higher like what do you what, why is that he's something like, like like you can see what you want to see in him <laughs> sort of um He's super young. So again, like I'm going to value that guy. Cause I'm like, well, what, what, what could he look like in a year or two? Right. Um, it's plausible that he shoots, you know? So you kind of say like, well, what if this guy is a, a Boucher, you know, but like 10 years younger, <laughs> um, I think he moves fairly well. You know, I've heard people criticize, like, like, can he really defend on the perimeter? I mean, the question is, like, is he a five? Is he a four? Um, I don't know. But he's super long. And uh, if he can shoot, I feel like there's probably something there. Um, I'm not sure how, how, how much else he's going to do in terms of pass, passing and stuff like that. Um, I value, you know passing a lot in a big big guy that's kind of like why i'm down on kai jones um i i don't like all those texas guys i just it, it i don't know if it was a system or what but they i it's just i guess that's like shock smart you know goes after yeah. those athletic guys it's just not for me like i i that's why i, I love mobley um it, it adds so much right when your bigs can pass um so yeah, I probably wouldn't take Thor. It's just it's a guy I'd probably look at before Kai Jones. But um, you know, there's other guys there that you like you might, you know, and I'm talking about Thor, but like Isaiah Jackson, right? So so that's an example of another big who, if he fell to 20, um I might look at him because I I I'm not, I don't know that he has to necessarily be a five maybe he can be a four like um he has some flashes of shooting uh i think he's like a 70 percent free throw shooter some flashes of driving ability so you know and he's crazy athletic so he it's kind of interesting um and like i said like a josh christopher type but he's probably gonna go way down so you know you could probably trade down and get a guy like that. Um, yeah, he's a weird one. With Christopher, I'm not sure to make of his stock because, like, he's the kind of guy that I always think might go higher than he seems to be projected on the mainstream stuff. Like, I've I've always been kind of surprised that he hasn't risen. Like, he's not he's not really my favorite kind of archetype generally, 
but yeah. it's usually an archetype that usually rises and he kind of just hasn't seemed to do that. I mean, maybe it's just, you only, you, only think, need, you only need one team, I guess, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's his shoes that he wears. Like, I don't know. Like <laughs> he's kind of a little bit like that laid back. Is he from like Southern California or something like that? Like sometimes, you know, it, it may be like a personality thing where he's kind of like, uh, I was saying this today on Twitter, a little bit like, like Anthony Edwards, right? Like you're kind of not sure what to make out of his personality. Right. Um, I don't know. Maybe people just don't, maybe people think he's a gunner. Um, but I don't know. I like him. I just think like that frame, I mean, you look at his legs, like he's just, he's going to bowl through people, I think. Um, so, so I guess I like him more than, more than some other guys, but, um, I don't know, actually, like, think, of, here's another one I'll throw out, we haven't even mentioned is Davion Mitchell, <laughs> if he fell I was 20. actually, it was on my list to ask you, <laughs> because he's not going to get to 20, there, there are too many people in, in the league that like him, I'm actually yeah. closer to where, I'm actually closer to your side, and you are, I know you're not high on him, um, in terms of where the consensus is, like, I, I was kind of blown away when just, like, seemingly overnight, he went from where he was to top 10 on mainstream boards. And I just don't yeah. understand why. I mean, I guess I do understand why, because he was awesome in the tournament and I get all that, but he's speaking of guys who were older and have some red flags. Like David Mitchell has shot well once in his career and is old. And the, the I mean, he's, some, it's kind of funny. Like, I, I think I am disposed to liking David Mitchell. I just don't understand what, what changed to where he was suddenly a top 10 pick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get and it. that, and that's where I think it like goes back to what I was saying in the beginning, like, there's so much following where people, you know, you know, basically if Gavoni puts a guy like now Davion Mitchell is seven, uh, everybody, you know, that's like the gospel. And then everybody else is going to be like, how can you have Davion Mitchell 25? You know, he's seven on ESPN's mock draft. <laughs> so I, people have to think for themselves and there's good, there's reason to like Davion Mitchell. I just think like, if, if you didn't love him like the, the three previous years that he played and, and you didn't have him in your top, I don't know, 60 in any of those years, and now you have him seven, I think that's wild. Yeah, no, that's – I was prepared for a world like maybe, I don't know, five months ago where I was like high on Davion Mitchell compared to the consensus – and that world does not did not materialize. Uh, we're now in a world where I'm where I'm lower, and, and I feel bad because I don't think my opinion of him actually changed much at all. Right? Just that, yeah, that's I you're guess. doing it right. I think that's a sign you're doing it right. Like I, I would say, like uh, that guy for me this year. I've had guys like that in the past, actually, like Cabin Gelly. I was like one of the earlier guys. I'm like, you know, this guy's pretty good. And then he kind of like kept rising and rising, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> slow the party. Like I don't think he's as good as you know all that and this year for me I think it's book night um I liked him as you know as a freshman I actually had some tweets where I you know I was saying like he's one of the guys who I feel like should come out like he should test the waters um last year I thought Terrence Shannon was a guy who should have come out before when he kind of had some more intrigue and now he's you know who, who knows he'll probably end up in Europe but um but yeah, the hype of, uh, on book night got surpassed what I thought, um, what I thought it should be. I, I, I thought last year, maybe he's like a late first round pick. And um, now, I mean, he's also one of the guys that's for the Warriors. They keep mocking him to us at seven. And I, to me, that's, I, I just think that's too high. I, uh, I actually, not, not to wish ill on you, I, I look forward to your reaction if they do what you do not want them to do in the, uh, in the draft. Yeah, I, it'll, I see, be, I, uh, da- it'll be Davion Mitchell and Corey Kispert, basically, is, <laughs> is my uh, worst case scenario. Listen, if, if, Kispert get, if Kispert gets to 20, I would uh, not be upset if the Hawks took him at 20. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, it's, 14. It, it's, another, it's, a, it's another role player, shooter, you know, whatever. Um, Oh, no. by the way, while, while we're here, this is not a not a worries podcast. I'm just intrigued, so you can indulge me. Are are you on team pick guys, or do you want to do you want to package and try to make the big the big trade, or or or, or sort of yeah. something in the middle? It's really hard. I'm de- I, I I'm not a. I don't think I'm a middle guy because I feel like it'll take both those picks to do anything interesting. Um, Plus, Wiseman, are, essentially those three I, assets. I just like yeah. I, I 
if if you have to give Wiseman, it's not a problem to me. <laughs> like it's it's <laughs> yeah, not I a. I, I just I I'm I like I had Wiseman six um, on my board last year. I wanted Lamelo Ball, and you know, whatever happens to Wiseman um, is fine with me. Uh, and I hope, like honestly, if we keep him, I really hope he proves me wrong, and I, I hope he can you know be useful. But yeah, if they could package him. It's, it's interesting to think about, like, I don't know which teams want to send people where, uh, um, you know, I, I, I've heard the Siakam, I think Beal is probably off the table and maybe he's going to form his own super team. Uh, I was hearing some, something about that. Um, and now it's, oh, with Tatum um, and someone else that, that was a something going around, hmm. but uh, Siakam um it's hard to know what Toronto want, wants to do. Like you got, you have to ask like, well, why, why would they want to move Siakam? He's not, he's not that old. And, you know, if they want to win, like <laughs> it'd be kind of strange um, for them to trade him. And, uh, but that, but, you know, in theory, I think I'd be on the side of trading for Siakam um, because I just think it's like a huge increase in talent level. Uh, Jonathan Isaac's a name I just saw, like, you know, back if he was available, that would be kind of interesting, but maybe not a great fit with Draymond. So that's the other thing the Warriors have to think about is like, they got to win now, basically. And they have to fit guys with Draymond. So they can't have too many non-shooters, you know? So it's really hard. I'd like to say trade, but, but the draft part of me is like, you know, if the alternative is is drafting Davion and and Corey Kispert, then I would say trade them. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> if they take the guys I like, then I'm you know maybe I'd say keep the picks. No, that yeah, that makes total sense. Kind of that's kind of where I thought you might be um, on, on all of that basically. Um, oh, before I forget to do this, uh, at least on the on the big board that you put out that I saw, um, you seem to be fairly high on Isaiah Livers, and that speaks my language. So. Um, what do you like about Isaiah Livers, who, by the way, is a uh, combo four from Michigan? People don't know who he is, but uh, this is more of a second round target than anything else. But the Hawks do have a pick at 48. That yeah, I feel like actually he's one of the guys I I sort of have been ignoring for a long time. Um, and I would say, like, I haven't I don't watch Michigan like a ton. Like I've watched some games because I want to, uh, you know, I want to see what uh, like how Franz plays. What Franz but looks I, can't, like. <laughs> yeah. I can't watch everybody. Um so a lot of with livers is just like kind of how many boxes does he check, right? And and I basically like stat wise, he's he's great, right? Yeah. Like he looks really impressive and he's got the size. Um what do you think about him athletically? I guess that's one one question. Is yeah, he, I mean it's he's had some injuries too. So that's the other thing. Like I think if yeah. he had never gotten hurt. Um, he might be like a fringe first um, yeah. and, and maybe might've gone last year, actually, if he was uh, healthy, but yeah, that, the, the question, honestly, my only question with him other than, other than the health is the, is the burst, like you said, not that he's going to be a star, but I think he, as if you think he can play the four and he can, he can shoot and just kind of be a guy that can be on the floor on both ends and not take much off the table. Like everyone wants that player. It's, it's maybe like, maybe like a middling level of that player, but in the second round where he's going to go, like you can't really ask for much more than that. Like a guy who is six, seven yeah. and can shoot and like, is not like, it's kind of, I think he's, I think he's a smart player too. He has a good, a good IQ and I'm definitely biased, but I, I kind of wish he wasn't a Michigan guy. So I could just like cape for him without, without any shame. Now people are like, Oh, he went to Michigan. And I'm like, yes, I understand. But like, he also is a guy that I would just like anyway. Like he just does a lot Did of things well. Speaking of Michigan, what did you think of, of pool? Were you like a huge pool fan? I was not a huge pool fan, actually. Um, okay. I'm not surprised that he's shown some flashes, especially late in the year. I liked what I saw. And it's not, it wasn't like that. I was super down on him anyway, but he just was, I, I don't know. I mean, he's not my kind of player more than anything else yeah. that I like, but the talent was undeniable. Like I was a little bit surprised that he, that he went in the that he actually went in the first in that in that draft oh me too believe me um but <laughs> but but now that now that you see it like and the talent was never really the problem like it's just not my my cup of tea is the way that i would put it generally but i liked what i saw late in the year from him i mean i'm not i'm not sure if you did but like 
If he oh, can... I mean, uh, he, you know, compared to what I thought of that pick. Well, that's what I mean. Like I, I, I had just... him, I had him at like 40 in that class, which isn't like, yeah, same. Terrible, exactly. I, but... I had him, I had him low. And so I had, that's part of the reason I, I really was hating on him last year because I think I had him around 40 or 45 and I had Claxton at like 11 and I know obviously that not everybody has my board, but I was like, are you kidding me? Like at 20, 28, we're reaching down to a guy who's probably on most teams. He's in the second round and you're passing up a clear need and talent in Claxton, you know, who I think is still, I, I think he's showing it. Like he's, he's an awesome defender. Um, but, but having said that, like I pool definitely came around. I mean, it's funny because at the beginning of the year, Steve Kerr was like, I think he was asked about pool and it sounded like he, he was just an afterthought. Like he, he probably won't make the rotation, you know, he's going to be in the G league or whatever. And when he came back up, uh, definitely, you know, he was, he was definitely more impressive. And it's kind of funny because it's, it's, it's a little bit full circle now that you have them talking. That's why it's kind of funny. They're talking about book night. And I'm to the point where like, is book night, even if like, is he that much better than pool? Like, what is he going to do that we kind of aren't getting from pool already, you know, at this point? Oh, I actually agree with that entire. I'm not that I'm not telling you pool is going to just be a star now or anything, but uh, the book night thing, I'm a little lower on him anyway, but I totally agree. Like if they, if they buy what they saw from pool at all, late in the season like it doesn't make any sense to turn around and draft Facebook night that doesn't make any sense at all like none yeah and I'm yeah. not I'm, I'm not I'm not a big fan of you know you don't just you don't draft or not draft the guy because of because of Jordan Poole so don't, don't I'm not saying that right you're not either but it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense when Poole is you know one of yeah. your intriguing assets it's it's different it's like I'm not saying uh it's not like saying like what why would we take Jalen Suggs <laughs> why would we take Jalen Green when we have Jordan Poole? Right. That's a different. That's that a, is different, a different. Level. That's like a qualitatively different. Well, uh, in in our in our in our opinion, but I, I've seen but yeah. go as high as like six and some mocks. So exactly. Like, uh, exactly. Maybe, maybe maybe not in their in, that, in their view. I, um, I think it's the fallacy of like, well, he's the only other guy left that can sort of that sort of looks like a Jalen Green, right? <laughs> just, just take There's, just take Moody and. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know. I know you yeah. feel the same way. But I, yeah. even if you were not on this podcast, I would say the same thing. If I, if I'm the Warriors and I don't trade that pick, I'm taking, I'm taking Moody at seven if he's there and he should be there. So that's what I would do. Yeah. Unless someone crazy, unless like Suggs falls for some reason, which he could, I guess. Yeah, there's tough. Like, like I, I would if. Uh, so I, I actually have Moody and and Franz ahead of Scotty Barnes. I don't and mind so that I at think, all. Actually, yeah, because I think for the Warriors, especially, like I just don't. I, I like Barnes, but I just don't see the point. Bar, Bar, Barnes with Draymond is not, I mean. It makes no sense. No. I mean, given, given that the Warriors clearly want to win with Draymond still on the team, um, you know, I guess in, in, in a different world where there was a low-pressure environment, maybe you think, like, maybe Draymond's, like, the perfect mentor for Scotty Barnes, but you have to be able to try to win right now with your yeah. Warriors. That's the whole point. Um Anyway, that's interesting. Uh, we've done a lot of worse stuff, but that's, that's okay. I, I expected that from, from having you on the podcast. Uh, I don't know. What was I guess? Oh, I guess before I let you get out of here, and I, I, I appreciate all the time you've given me. Um, it's just, this is a weird question. I feel like this is a negative way to end the podcast, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, is there a pick at 20 that the Hawks could reasonably make that you would hate? Like, absolutely hate. <laughs> You, I mean, you, I, I, know, I know, especially we talked about like not looking at, at mainstream well, boards. You, yeah. you've, seen, you've seen the mainstream stuff, like within reason. Yeah. Who, who, okay. Who, I'll, I'll, I'll throw, I'll throw one out there just because it's kind of, kind of funny to me. Um, every year there seems lately there seems to be some big that sort of rises and gets taken in the first inexplicably to me. Um, Cabin Gelly Oturo. Uh, uh, last year was Azubuke. So this year's prime candidate for that is Jericho Sims. And uh, just because like he hit his head on the rim at the pro day, he's crazy athletic, right? If you guys took him at 20, <laughs> I would, you know, to me, that'd be a pretty bad pick. But, uh, but yeah, that, that, that would be, that would be like <laughs> short of that. I feel like you can really, 
you know, I don't know how how much of a a reach any of these guys are, to be honest with you. Even like a Joe Wieskamp is a guy I, I didn't mention, but like I'm I'm kind of high on him relative consensus. Uh, even that is not to me a total disaster. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, someone like Sims, where you're just like, what? What are they? Why would they do that? Yeah, it's actually it's actually wild to me um, that they're. It's I had somebody asked me the reason why I'm asking you this is because somebody asked me this offline, and I it's hard to give an answer to this within like reason. I think the only way that I would be frustrated with the Hawks at 20 is if they drafted like Daron Sharp, like of the, of the guys sure, who are like yeah, supposed to be a first yeah. round pick. I mean, I, I would not take like Sharp or Isaiah Jackson just because of yeah. having a Kong Wu. And like, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't. Oh, maybe, that. maybe, you know, it would be puzzling is like a Greg Brown. Yeah. That's another one. Like th- those three guys that just don't make sense. with the Hawks, well, I guess with Brown, wish you could like talk yourself into, him he's at least not a center but i don't like greg brown very much so that that would not be my favorite pick either yeah um it would be unschlank like i think too. it, it actually yeah like, that's a good point i mean yeah i can see schlick actually liking jackson or sharp but you have a kong Wu and it just doesn't make a lot of sense to do that um unless you just have that guy like two tiers above everybody else that's available still which i can't imagine yeah. being the case so uh i, I put it out on you because somebody asked me but it's it's really interesting like i definitely have my preferences but there are probably 15 guys they could draft and i'd be like okay like not not like thrilled maybe but i would understand i think al- almost everybody like honestly you could make a case for uh cameron thomas like as a lou williams replacement oh yeah uh, i mean he, he's he's not my favorite like archetype but cam thomas can score like we know that we know that he can score definitely <laughs> trey, trey murphy uh as a, as a wing that can shoot and defend yep he's on like, my list too i, I like trey murphy you know miles mcbride like i could s- totally see him as a as a backup point guard type um so yeah, they're at Quentin Grimes, literally like there's, there's a lot of, go- you just have a lot of freedom to, you know, and I, I kind of trust Schlank to, to take someone good. Yeah. We, uh, we can bring it, we can bring it full circle with, uh, in Travis, we trust, which is a, a Hawks, a Hawks fan mindset. And I think you also subscribe to it as knowing his work going back to golden state. Um, Evan, that's all the time that I uh, should take from you. So if you have anything to plug, please do. I know you're not like a huge like content creator in the basketball space yeah. all the time, but if you'd like to play, yeah. Anything, feel free. Yeah, the only thing I I, uh, I put out this um, free newsletter called Top Lines during, during the season, during the college basketball season, where it's like uh, basically almost daily uh, summaries of what players did, you know, in the, in the previous night's games. And uh, it's like, uh, yeah, just a free email newsletter people can subscribe to. So if you go to my Twitter, which is at the city too, and I think in the profile there, it, it has a link. So I think people, people enjoy that because it, it, it kind of saves you from like scouring a bunch of box scores and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, that's a huge win. I'd recommend that if people are interested uh, for sure. And uh, I, uh, like I said, I, I, I enjoy the way you think about basketball that you share in public. So I appreciate you taking the time to do this podcast. Uh, I will, if I ever talk to Kevin Herter again, I haven't seen the man in person uh, other than across the arena in more than a year, but if I ever talk to Kevin in person again, which I will do, I will send your love. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of kidding, but I'm also kind of not. So there you go. Well, thanks, Evan. Uh, as, as for everybody else, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, follow Evan on the Twitter machine, and we'll see you all next time.